It's Wednesday, December 18th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the House of Representatives debated the impeachment of the President of the United States. Lawmakers are preparing to vote to impeach President Trump. We'll tell you why today was so historic and what to expect next, with help from the Constitution. Also on today's show, a new report on what the teens are vaping these days. And a little non-cooking tip from award-winning chef Missy Robbins. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip. The House will be in order. Today is a historic day on Capitol Hill. For only the third time in U.S. history, the House of Representatives is expected to vote to impeach a president of the United States. Debate on the two articles of impeachment went on all day long. We're still waiting for lawmakers to vote to impeach President Trump on one or both of these articles. The first one for abuse of power and the other for obstruction of Congress. And while all of that was going on inside House chambers, hundreds of demonstrators gathered outside the Capitol building in support of impeachment. Thousands of others rallied across the country last night and into today. So today we're going to get into what happened during the full day of debate on the House floor, the historic context of this vote, and what's expected to happen next. Let's get into it, starting with what happened today. It started like any other day in the House. The House chaplain offered a prayer. As the members take this time to consider far-reaching legislation and consider historic constitutional action, give them wisdom and discernment. And lawmakers said the Pledge of Allegiance. Liberty and justice for all. And then, history-making words. House Resolution 755 resolved that Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and that the following articles of impeachment be exhibited to the United States Senate. That's the resolution lawmakers are voting on tonight after what's scheduled to be six hours of debate. Like we said, they're still debating as we record this episode. The first person up at the mic was Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and she came prepared with a little civics lesson. She had a picture of the American flag next to her with a line from the Pledge of Allegiance lawmakers recited earlier, to the republic for which it stands. Our founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. If Pelosi was trying to take lawmakers to school, Republicans didn't want to be in that class, including the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee, Doug Collins. You see, this is an impeachment based on presumption. This is an impeachment, basically also a poll-tested impeachment on what actually sells to the American people. Today's going to be a lot of things. What it is not is fair. What it is not is about the truth. The debate on both sides of the aisle pretty much continued along those lines for the rest of the afternoon. Impeaching the president in the House isn't the same as removing a president from office. That only happens if the U.S. Senate votes to convict. So after the House votes to impeach, the Senate is expected to hold a trial. Thankfully, the U.S. Constitution gives us a bit of a guide for what to expect there. And when we say guide, we mean like a few lines and basically no details about how the trial should be done. Those lines are so short, we're actually just going to read them for you now. Cue the audiobook music. 
Article 1, Section 3, Paragraph 6. The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. In other words, Part 1, House votes to impeach. Part 2, the Senate tries the impeachment, as in a trial. Got it. Next sentence. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. Okay, this part's interesting. It turns out, senators participating in the impeachment trial need to literally hold up their right hand and say the following, quote, I solemnly swear or affirm as the case may be that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of, insert president's name, now pending, I will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws. That impartial justice part has been coming up a lot recently because some prominent Republicans, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, have been making it sound like they've already made up their minds about how this trial is supposed to go, which is kind of the opposite of being impartial. Here was McConnell on Fox News describing how he's approaching the Senate trial. Everything I do during this, I'm coordinating with White House counsel. There will be no difference between the president's position and our position as to uh, how to handle this. It's unclear what happens when senators like McConnell don't even try to be impartial and instead view impeachment as a political move. Anyway, okay, back to the Constitution. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. Okay, here's what that means. When the Senate starts its impeachment trial, they'll be phoning a friend for help. A friend who happens to be the most powerful judge in all the land. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. TBD on how Roberts will run the Senate trial. But rules passed a few decades ago give the Chief Justice the power to quote, rule on all questions of evidence when it comes to impeachment. Which is important because Democrats and Republicans are currently fighting over whether more witnesses should be called in to provide evidence. See, Democrats kinda want the Senate trial to be part two of the impeachment story, with more new information coming out than what we got in the House hearings. They especially wanna hear from people like acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, or former National Security Advisor John Bolton, who might know more about Trump's dealings with Ukraine. For now, McConnell has blocked those requests from the Democrats. But if he wants to get involved, Roberts might get the final say. And we've got one final sentence left to read from the Constitution. No person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. That is a key line. The one that kind of helps us answer the question, will President Trump be removed from office? Unlike the simple majority needed in the House to impeach the president, the Senate requires a two-thirds vote to convict the president and therefore remove him from office. And given the current party breakdown in the Senate, that would require at least 20 Republicans to vote to impeach Trump. According to the statements we've been seeing from Republican senators, that's not going to happen. Though whether the public agrees it should happen is a more complicated story. According to the website 538, which is tracking lots of impeachment polls, a very small margin shows that more people in the U.S. support impeaching Trump. We're talking 47.2% in favor of impeachment versus 46.5% against. And the rising support for impeachment seems to have lost some steam since the impeachment hearings began in the House, with the polls showing a steady plateau since October. 
So, barring some major change in how Americans feel, it's hard to imagine senators changing their minds, unless something in the Senate trial does change their minds. So, what's the skim? Today will be remembered as a historic day in American politics. The House is expected to make President Trump only the third president in the history of the United States to be impeached, which means soon the impeachment process will head to the U.S. Senate. During President Bill Clinton's impeachment trial, leaders of the Democratic and Republican parties at least came together to agree on the rules of procedure. But this time, the two parties are already up in arms, meaning what feels like a partisan fight now could get even more so. Oh, and as for how President Trump's taking impeachment, he's spending tonight with friends. As the votes get tallied, he'll be holding a campaign rally in a place fittingly named Battle Creek, Michigan. Coming up, another concerning news study about teen vaping. That's next. The holiday shopping season is here, and this year, your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is the perfect, thoughtful, and practical gift. With an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. Just go to getquip.com slash skimthis to save on gift sets and to get your first refill free with a refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash skimthis. Getquip.com slash skimthis. Yesterday, the House of Representatives passed a huge government spending bill. The bill also raises the legal age to buy tobacco and e-cigarettes from 18 to 21. Some are applauding this move as a way to stop more young people from vaping. But others are saying that's not enough, especially after this year's outbreak of vaping-related illnesses. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed 52 related deaths and over 2,000 hospitalizations in the U.S. And around 16% of those patients are minors. While the exact cause is still unclear, cases have been linked to a vitamin additive often contained in the vaping oil for THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, and specifically to vapes or oil cartridges bought on the black market. And now a new federal survey is showing that teen THC vaping is on the rise. Teen vaping has actually been on the rise for a few years, but the survey found that since last year, the number of seniors in high school who say they vaped pot within the last month has doubled. The director of the institute that funded the study said that the numbers, quote, surpass anything that we have seen in the past. Lawmakers and President Trump have talked about other ways to combat youth vaping, including banning flavors that critics say are marketed towards teenagers. But that proposal has yet to go anywhere. For more on the health concerns surrounding vaping and on the legalization of marijuana, check out our guides at theskim.com guides. Before we go today, here's a pro tip about partnerships in business. Something our two co-founders and co-CEOs, Carly and Danielle, know a thing or two about. So does award-winning Michelin star chef and restaurant owner, Missy Robbins. In 2014, Robbins ended up going into business with someone who had zero hospitality experience. But their unlikely partnership ended up working out for the best. I realized that what was really important was sharing sort of these business values and family values. And it didn't matter that he didn't know how to carry a glass properly through the dining room. You can hear more from Missy in this week's episode from our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch, hosted by Carly and Danielle. 
It's available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have career questions for Carly and Danielle, call them and leave them a voicemail at 646-461-6370. They'll answer listener questions each week on Skim from the Couch. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe. We'd also love for you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more Skim, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.